Conservation Queens podcast, one of the top 100 nature podcasts on iTunes. <laughs> we are five, three girls who love <laughs> and have a passion for living a more eco-friendly life. We are real life zoo employees and as always, nothing that we say reflects our organizations and all thoughts and opinions are our own. Please keep in mind that we try to keep our podcast about PG-13. So if you have younger listeners, you might want to review the content beforehand. With that, I'm Abby. I'm Emily B. And I'm Katie, and let's talk about stuff Woo. like the fact that we are in the top 100 nature yeah. Apple podcasts, which is kind of crazy. So we actually cracked, so we cracked the top 100 in the U.S. We cracked, I think we're in the like 120 range in the U.K. and similar in Australia. And if you're wondering, crazy, as in we're in the top 100 nature podcasts, as in we are number 100, but... <laughs> Top 100. Hey, that's all that matters. Nowhere to go but up. It's true. I was actually shocked when I got that message, but you know. All of us were, I think. Thanks, Apple. We're glad that you guys like listening to us rant about things. I have had several people bring up my puffin rant in the last couple of weeks. I'm like, (laughs) yes, I'm glad that you all have absorbed my hatred of penguins. That's what you're known for. Happy yeah. Penguin Awareness Day, by the way. It is. It I know. Is, perfect yeah. timing. Emily's like, man, I hate penguins. Anyway. Anyway, we're celebrating them today whatever. because they're the best and I love them. There's a lot to celebrate today, I would say. I yes, would say there's quite good. a bit. Uh, for those who don't know, we're recording this on January 20th. And we live in the United States. A beautiful day. A beautiful day to be alive. It's a beautiful day to be an American. It doesn't mean the work is over, but it means it might get a little bit easier. No, but he was talking a little bit about climate change in his he inauguration signed, speech. We're back in the Paris Climate Accord, y'all. Yes, I was <gasps> just God. like, thank God. Okay, let's keep the ball rolling and on a lot of other things, too. Let's do that student loan thing really quick, too. I would appreciate <laughs> that. Do we have any fan shout-outs this week? Yes. um, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to my best friend, Sarah. Um, She's the best, first of all. Hi, best friend, Sarah. She's great. Um, But she reached out to me this past week and told me that because of our podcast about um, gift, like the gifts that we did, um, mm-hmm. she went and purchased some four ocean bracelets. So <gasps> she purchased, um, so yeah, she got the Manta one and I think Harp Seal was the other one. So it's oh, very exciting. We love. Awesome. That's awesome. Way to go, Sarah. I would like, like to issue an apology. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so, well, I have some apologies and corrections. Uh, first I'm going to apologize to my professor, David, that I, blasted last episode for not listening to our podcast oh no and then my wow and then my best friend who is also we're also friends with david she was like yo abby just called david out horde and i was like oh sorry so this is my half-hearted apology but david also should start listening to my podcast because i'm cool Wait, so he doesn't listen no, to it? No, he but doesn't. Told... But um his wife okay. listens to it and my two uh best friends that are we're all oh. we're all in the group because we were the babysitters. They listened to it uh, and they were like, yo, David, she roasted you hard. 
Ouch. <laughs> so I was like, whoops, maybe I should apologize. So sorry, David. I know you won't hear this, but eventually one of them will tell you that I said sorry. So here we are. Very good. Maybe. You hope so. Well, maybe we'll they see. won't just to spite me because that is the kind of relationship <laughs> that we've got. But that's okay. I love them very much. Conservation news? Yes, I have two things. First is brought to you by one of our queens who could not be here for this episode, Conservation Queen Emily. Shout out! Um, she sent us this cool article that American Eagle is starting to sell jeans made out of recycled materials in quote-unquote factories with higher standards. We love to hear that. Love to, uh, maybe I'll buy an American Eagle jeans this year. I don't know. I have not Um, bought something from them in a while, but. Uh, their jeans are amazing. Yeah, that is like, isn't that what they're like known for, kind of? It's so, true. Like, yes. Could, I'm about to tell you guys about the uh, a species that was removed from the endangered species list starting I'm out pumped. strong 2021. Way to go. It's the interior least tern, which doesn't even sound like an animal name. Like, who thought of this? Listen, bird um, people are weird. I'm really sorry. I was but this say, is just so this what is happens. A bird. Um, it's oh, found they're cute. In- yes, they are very cute. They're found in 18 states across the Midwest. They've been removed from the endangered species list. But why were they there in the first place? Well, humans. they have been threatened by, um, in like the 1800s, hunting for their plumage. And the early 1900s was a big thing for hats. And then we built a whole bunch of dams in their river habitats. And that built, uh, destroyed their nest. So this teeny tiny, it's the smallest bird in the tern family, um, was you know numbers dropping fast and luckily thanks to dozens of uh, states federal agencies um, indigenous tribes businesses and conservation groups their numbers have increased 900 percent over the last 35 years wow which is a good percentage of increase if you ask that's a lot percentage Mm -hmm. like dang oh their babies are also cute they're just a cute bird. They're teeny. They're cute. We love Tern something spelled T E R N. If anyone does want to look up a picture of that. All right. In zoo news, you hear to hear not first because it's I'm sure on every major news bracket. Um, all the cubs from the Tiger King Zoo in Oklahoma have been seized because of questionable oh conditions and practices. Wow. Shocker. I I mean, who would have guessed? But. It's pretty great because that means that those tigers are going to have um, a chance to grow up in maybe zoos instead of in uh, places where they're going to be exploited for their. Um... Can you hear my cat? I, I can. did just hear your cat. Yeah. Cute. Wow. I'm really sorry, folks. My cat is having a time. Oh, my God. <laughs> she's looking she's for a, a man. Yeah, she's, she's looking for a man. She's not going to get one. We're, we're working on it. But man, does she love to do this all night long? So the cries of her people must be heard. She heard you were talking about tiger cubs and she was like, that's me. <laughs> I, I'm not convinced that she's not descended from tigers. I know that's not how evolution works, but like, I'm a little bit convinced she's part tiger. It would make sense. Any other zoo news? Uh, also, um, well, back to Tiger King for one hot second. He did not okay. get pardoned by Trump. <laughs> Rest in peace. So, rip. 
We don't care. You should stay in jail. You're bad. Um, San Antonio Zoo and um, some zoos across the country are doing something with cockroaches for February. Uh, oh, yeah. This is the that best is thing. Weird, right? it's, yeah, but yeah. I wanted to say it so people can go donate them money and have this happen. So San Antonio Zoo is the one that popped up first for me. Uh, they call it Crimea Cockroach, which is the best name. Uh, and what they do is these zoos, for a donation, will name a cockroach after an ex of yours, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever friend, and then feed it to one of their animals on camera. It's so romantic. It's incredible. Um, it's a good way to get out your anger at the people who wronged you. And they do it on Valentine's Day. Aww. So I know what I'm going to be live streaming on Valentine's Day just because I think it's funny. Yeah, even if you don't have uh, someone you detest enough to name a cockroach after. Right, like, that's fine. Uh, you know, then to be fed to an animal, it still sounds pretty fun to me. Maybe just name it some like after a person you don't like. That would they'll still get too. eaten. Um, one other exciting thing. Something happening right now? Uh, there's a new aquarium that's open. It's called Aquarium at the Boardwalk in Branson, Missouri. Uh, I need you guys to just Google search this real quick because it has the coolest entrance I've ever seen. I'm on it. Aquarium at the Boardwalk. Yeah, it should be in news because it opened within the last two weeks. Whoa! Right? They've got this giant, giant octopus statue. Her name is Aquarius. I love her. Oh, wow. Um, She's beautiful. Oh, wow. Yeah, so now I am making- Oh, she glows. Uh, yeah, oh, wow. she's amazing. So we will be taking a field trip to Branson, oh, Missouri so to go see this aquarium. Wow. We do love that. I'm down. And it looks um, like Emily has a zoo news. Yes, I do. This is really exciting. Zoo. Yeah. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why so- I'll give it to you. Uh, so I used to work at SeaWorld um, multiple times, many years ago. Um, very wonderful. And one of the places that we used to educate at was the Manatee Hospital. Um, and My favorite place. It's wonderful. And you can literally get right up next to some manatees that are being rehabbed to be re-released. Um, and there's a manatee who had been there for uh, since 2018, I think. Um, her name was mm-hmm. Leslie. And oh. she had been hit by a boat, and she had this massive. Oh my um, god! It was just—it looked horrible, um, nasty. It was awful. All kinds of wounds up and down her back. Um, they had ended up getting infected. She had many surgeries to fix the problem. Um, she finally got released today. Wow! Oh, that's a what a, again a great day to be alive. Today. Truly, um, this is a manatee that many people on the rescue team and um, in the animal rescue field thought that perhaps she might never be a good candidate for release because of her injuries and how long they took to heal. Um, but she finally came around and she finally got her wounds all closed up and she's good to go. That is incredible. I'm very pleased. It's very happy news. We all really love her. It's true. Um, speaking of happy news and speaking of San Antonio. Wow. We've oh. just got connections all over the place. What section uh, are we at now? Beluga <laughs> news, the best news, of course. Um, if you're friends with me in real life, you definitely already know this, but, um, SeaWorld San Antonio you know is having, minutes after it happened. It's true. Uh, SeaWorld San Antonio is having a baby beluga. Woo! Uh, they posted on their Facebook page and all their social media, the coolest sonogram I've ever seen. 
Um, and can I just say the funniest thing? And when Emily shared this on Facebook, I don't know, was it your mom or someone that commented? So my mom texted me and she said, You gave your dad a heart attack. He opened Facebook to a sonogram from you. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> you like, You're pregnant. And I was like, like No, it's like, no. Whale. a beluga. I mean, yeah, so funny. And if you wa- look at the sonogram, it looks like you can tell it is a beluga whale. It is very yeah. obvious, and it's just magical. it's very cool. Okay, but at first glance, you'd be just like, "Oh, sonogram." So I can see why your dad yes. well, and <laughs> and because I titled the post "Coming Soon to a Facebook Feed Near You." <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's that is part of the issue. Yes, you know, I just really love blue whales. Okay, <laughs> I understand, but I feel like your dad's a little bit justified. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. All right, what are we talking about this week, right. Katie? Today's topic is going to be about citizen science. Woo! Also, Woo! also known as community science, if we're Love going to all. be more socially aware. Yeah. Community Everybody science. Well, it's for a, yeah, well, it. Yeah, well, it me to give you the definition <laughs> of it. Basically, it's a research done by non-professional or amateur scientists. Usually it is a community effort where the public aids in research projects run by other scientific organizations. Um, We're really excited to talk about this because citizen or community science is just something that everyone can do to aid conservation and aid scientific research, learn more about animals and just get more involved in your local um, wildlife community or just to get outside more in general. So we're going to go a little bit into the history here of it. Uh, it was first defined independently in the 1990s by Rick Bonney in the U.S. and Alan Irwin in the U.K. Uh, but basically, they both sought to kind of rekindle the relationship between the public and scientists, where a scientist should be responsive to citizens' concerns and needs. And on the other hand, citizens could reliably um, produce scientific information themselves and also kind of have more of an appreciation for the work that scientists do. So by involving the public, um, it allows scientists access to a large volunteer network, which um, helps them to accomplish tasks that they just is too expensive or time consuming to accomplish themselves or by like through hiring means. It's a lot of usually like um, population data work. So just like, hey, counting some animals in an area or like bird watching or just We'll talk about that in a second, but it also allows the public to learn more about the scientific research uh, being done near their own house and to be a part of that discovery. So it's fun stuff. It's the best. There's lots of ways you could be involved that we're going to talk about today. We're, we're going to be involved. Um, I'm, really I'm involved in this it. stuff too. Like that's the thing is if you're a scientist, you can still be a community or citizen scientist. Everybody it's anybody. A scientist. Well, that's the best part. Yeah. All right. So I will take it away then. Um, I have, we're each going to share one or two of our favorite um, citizen science projects. And so I have picked um, two big organizations that have several citizen science projects. I kind of was a little bit of an overachiever here. Oh, I was Um, too. It's okay. (laughs) It's all good. Um, So the first one that I picked um, was through NOAA, um, which I can't remember which episode it was. It was a very recent one where I defined NOAA, which is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. I can say it now. Amazing. 
Yeah, you couldn't yeah, you get that out. No problem. Oh, crushed it. So they have um, quite a few different citizen science projects. I just wanted to highlight a couple of them. Um, of course, they are marine related. Um, who would have guessed it? Um, Me so when you said one, it was from NOAA. LOL. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is a marine debris tracker. So this is actually an app put out by NOAA um, where anytime you find um, debris or litter, um, on any coastline in the U.S. or any U.S. waterway. So this is not limited to the oceans. This is also limited, or this is also includes um, rivers, streams, any waterway. Um, you can log into the app and say, I found this piece of whatever, and you can say what the item is and where it was. So this helps them just gain um, data on what's where, where's it coming from, how you know often is it happening, um, et cetera. But it's a really, really Jeez. easy way to... Um, make a big difference because a lot of these studies happening right now from this data are really important um, going forward so that we know how um, our debris is impacting wildlife. Uh, going along with that, I feel like I'd be logging in every two seconds. Oh, on the yeah. beach. I don't um, know if I want to be the person running that app. <laughs> I feel like I'd just be sad all the time. That's true. Um, but um, so in order to not be sad, Abby, um, right. They have what they call the Marine Debris Toolkit. So this is primarily for educators. So this can be formal or informal educators, but really anybody could use it. Um, they have all these field data sheets. So that way you can kind of compile all of your data. Like, for example, if you're doing a beach cleanup or something like that, um, so that you can submit it all together. <laughs> so it's not like I found one toothbrush and I found one plastic bottle cap and do that a hundred times. Um, you can submit it all together. So that's really nice. And then another interesting one, um, your girl loves algae. That is sarcasm, by the way. Um, so phytoplankton um, is plankton that is similar to plant life. And there, uh, through NOAA, there is a phytoplankton tracking network. Um, and again, I believe this is all online for this one. Um, and you can monitor um, algae. So you go and you take samples of water, um, different coastal areas, and they're monitoring um, algae for harmful algal blooms, which is if you've heard of red tide, um, that's what we're talking about. So these are harmful big blooms of algae that basically suck up all the oxygen out of the water, deoxygenate it for the animals that live there, and it can cause big um, problems for marine life. It can kill off a lot of animals. It can make animals sick. Um, for example, it's a neurotoxin usually to manatees. So um, it's good to know yeah. for the scientists who are studying it so that way we can kind of predict when these algal blooms are happening, who they're going to affect, um, and see if we can get a rein in on where they're coming from and what specific types of algae are present. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I have also included, um, Abby, I'm sure this is for you, but I've included the websites here so that Abby can maybe link them on our website. Yeah, oh, I yeah. sure can. I appreciate that. <laughs> we I, have a website. We sure we do. do Go visit our website. It's pretty great. Yeah. Um, and then, so I Noah was my um, first pick, and then my second pick was Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute. Again, another ocean situation here. Um, the first one from them is called the Marine Mammal Identification Network. So if you've ever seen or heard of, you know, you tag a marine animal so that way you can track it, see where it goes, um, or you might have tagged it because it was a rescued animal, et cetera. Um, this is a network to report if you see those animals. Where are they at? What are they doing? How did they get there? Um, so, for example, if we released, I don't know, a, like an elephant seal out in California and then somebody sees it, 
you know, a couple hundred miles away. Wow. Now we know that that animal has gone that far. Very interesting. Um, again, good data for everybody to have. And then probably my favorite project of the bunch from Woods Hole is called Seafloor Explorer, um, which just reminds me of Mr. Ray and it brings my heart a lot of joy. <laughs> Um, but this project is all online and what you do is they take uh, videos and photos um, from their uh, undersea explorations and they put them up so that you can identify the animals that are there. So that way they don't have to spend, you know, tons and tons of labor hours going through all of this data. You can do it. It's a lot of fun. When, when they can have you do it for exactly. free. But it is very, very fun. Um, you can see all kinds of things. They have different areas that you can explore. Um, and they give you some little tips on identifying the animals. And okay. I was like, what if I don't know any of like the animals? Don't they help you out. <laughs> I think that's no, a crab. Um... <laughs> but is there it a hermit crab? Science. Cause otherwise Emily won't look at it. It's true. Um, it is designed for <laughs> elementary school students, um, to get involved in marine oh, science. Okay. So they are helpful, um, cool, cool. in helping you figure out what you're looking at. So. Wonderful. Yeah, so we those are it. my projects. Um, and I think Abby is up next. I do. And I have two that I'm kind of passionate about, which oh, I like. Your oh, yes, they're both great. So the first one I'm going to talk about is called Monarch Watch. And this is a super cool program um, based out of the University of Kansas. And what you're doing is you're helping track monarch mi migration on the way to Mexico and just helping them along the way. So for those who don't know, because if you're not in the United States, you may not know about this butterfly, but I guarantee almost everybody in the United States does know about this butterfly. Um, the monarch butterfly is a butterfly. It is orange in color. And unfortunately, they are uh, an endangered species, which they yeah. were not for a very long time. Um, but due to pesticide use and uh, deforestation and... Uh, the wrong kind of plants being used, they have become endangered. Uh, monarchs migrate every single year from North America all the way, like Northern North America, all the way down to one single forest in Mexico. And even though it's a protected forest, there's still a lot of deforestation happening. So that's one of the issues that they're facing is because the monarchs don't overwinter anywhere else. They just winter there. So if you want to help, Monarch Watch has got you covered. Uh, one of the things you can do that they talk about on their website is creating a monarch waste station. So a place where they can hang out. Monarch uh, caterpillars, the only thing they eat is milkweed. And it's really, really important that you plant milkweed that's native to your area. Because if you don't, a lot of times milkweed won't overwinter. And that means that for, I'm sure my friends who now work with plants <laughs> could tell you. Uh, <laughs> this means that they don't die off when fall comes around. But when, they, when the milkweed starts dying off, that is the monarch butterfly signal to start migrating. So if you plant the wrong kind of milkweed, oh. they don't get the notification. Basically, it's like... I knew that was like bad. Yeah, this is why. why. That's so incredible. I could do a whole episode on this, honestly. But um, short story, because they don't overwinter, the monarchs mm. never don't get the notification to go south. And so they die from freezing. <laughs> We get to stay here forever, yeah, guys. And, oh, wait. Yeah, they oh, pass no. away um, <laughs> from being frozen by usually frost that happens. Oh, so God. it's pretty sad. Oh. So it's important to have that native uh, milkweed in your yard because 
that'll help. And Monarch Watch will give it to you for free. Woo, so go to their website. You can apply to have milkweed sent to your house and then you can plant it and then you can help out all those little butterflies, which is awesome. If you want to get even more involved, you can become a monarch tagger. I don't know how to better put that. How do I just become a monarch butterfly? I don't so. think you got uh, you know, Katie, I think you do your monarch caterpillar first. So you have to eat a lot of milkweed. Oh, right, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yes. For go. legal purposes, okay. people, please don't do that. that. Milkweed is poisonous to humans. Um, please okay, don't, 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 put don't put it in your mouth. It will cause uh, numbing. And I know that because I got some on my hand one time. There's like a liquid in their leaves. And I rubbed my eye, and my eye was numb for like Ooh. four hours after that. So um, that's why That is why they're poisonous. poisonous. Yes. <laughs> so uh, don't eat milkweed. Don't listen to Katie. She's making a joke. It's funny. Please don't. Yeah, nor am no, I. nope. It's a it's a joke for no, legal <laughs> and practical reasons. That's a joke. Um, this lady is really really funny. Uh, according to our leader, who listened started listening to our podcast, and she was like, "Wow, Katie's got jokes." <laughs> uh, yeah, she literally came up to me and said that to me at work, and I was like, "Oh my good god." <laughs> But the fact that she's one of our leaders, I was like, uh, uh, turning right. Embarrassing, like, but no, also no. we, we love her. Um, yeah. So anyway, funny. so if you want to really get involved with Monarch Watch, you can tag Monarch Butterflies. Um, what you can do is they'll send you some stickers. I think there's some certain, there's some training that you have to, to go to um, just because you don't want to not tag a monarch correctly. And you tag a monarch butterfly it's a little sticker you put on their bottom wing yeah and then if you don't want to actually tag the butterflies if you ever see a monarch with the tag on their wing if you take a picture of it or write down what it says on it you can actually report your findings on monarchwatch.org slash tagging i want to see the little sticker so one of the coolest things that i learned about uh this these little stickers um, so, and I don't know if you guys figured it out, but I'm from Minnesota. Never would have guessed. I know you're shocked. <laughs> um, but the first monarch that was ever found in Mexico after Monarch Watch started their tagging program was tagged just north of um, the Twin Cities in Minnesota, which is really, really cool. Wow. There's some, some Minnesota lore for It's all also our state butterfly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? They're oh, huge in Minnesota. It's a huge deal. So uh, if you would like to learn more about Monarch Watch, you can go to monarchwatch.org. Um, it'll show you all the little cool stuff on there. You can also donate to them. You can donate seeds even, which is really awesome. Um, and then you can also learn about their Bring Back the Monarchs campaign because, uh, again, they're endangered. We want to bring them back. So that's my Monarch Watch project. Again, if you guys want to learn more about monarchs, we can do a whole episode about that. I um, did a lot of research about monarchs when I was working at one of my internships. And by research, I mean Googled a lot of different things to learn about them, not like actually field research. But I would love to talk about more of them because they're pretty cool. Uh, the next episode, the next one I have, I, I can tell Emily's excited because she added a bunch more exclamation points to the back of my note here. <laughs> Um, it's something called Zooniverse. 
We do love this one. We love this one. It's like Universe, but with Zoo at the front. And actually, Emily, I wouldn't be surprised that some of the projects <laughs> that you talked about would be tagged on this website. Yeah, I'm sure. Zooniverse has tons of projects. They do. So it's my literal favorite community science project. This is my absolute favorite one because you can do it from your phone, from your computer, uh, in quarantine for like seven hours, which I totally did not do. And I don't have it open right now on my... <laughs> Hi, Zoom. Zoom. I know, Zoom. I'm sorry. I know. We don't have any boys. Oh, my gosh. It's like, but we need a man. We really, really don't. No, Azumi, you are a strong, independent kitty cat. I nope. think she's. Okay. I think I she's just. That. I think she's really uncomfortable, and I feel really bad. Yeah, probably. that's okay. The Zoomiverse. Okay, not a Zoomiverse. When you get to my favorite part of this, can you let me chime in? I, I absolutely will. Um, okay, great. I'm gonna say I made a note for Emily because I, if I didn't, she would bring it up anyway. So, um. Zooniverse is a website for those who are sitting there going, what the heck are they talking about? It is a website you can go to um, and participate in citizen community science projects by helping go through bunches of data. So you look at different samples from your computer and you can help out scientists by tagging certain samples. Now you may ask, what do I do if I don't know what I'm doing? Their instructional, their like tutorials are so easy to follow. They help you out a ton to make sure that you know how to do the project. And there's also a discussion forum if you don't know what you're doing so that people can help you out that are like volunteers in the project as well. Uh, it's a way for volunteers and scientists to work together. You can also create a profile that you can track uh, what you help with. For instance, I have done a lot um, of my favorite projects. I have made 345 classifications to date. So wow. quite a few. You can also favorite your favorite uh, photos so that you can go back and look at them and be like, look what I found. This is awesome. So what exactly so, are you tagging? Like, as far as biology that. goes, um, since there's different categories, uh, you are looking at camera trap footage from different places around the world and figuring out uh, something. So one of my favorite projects is called Snapshot Safari. There's a couple different preserves in Africa that have camera traps set out. And basically you're just writing down what animals you see. And again, if you can't tell... Uh, a water buck from a reed buck from an impala from a spring buck. That's okay. They mm -hmm. have a field guide that'll help you. And they also have um, different things to help narrow down what you're looking at. So that's really, really cool. Um, there's also one called wild watch burrowing owls. And that's a different project. You're looking at burrowing owls and you're marking different behaviors that you see. And again, they walk you through oh, it's That that's one's fun. really cool. They just submitted a bunch of new photos too. So there's a lot of data to go through. Um, and you mark behaviors like if you see parents feeding kids, if you see um, infanticide, which is when babies oh, are killed geez. by their parents. But you have to geez. mark it. Um, so it's helping out for, for science. science. <laughs> it's helping um, conserve burrowing owls. So all of these camera trap footage, a lot of times camera traps are motion activated. So if something moves in front of it, it's going to take a picture. Uh, and sometimes that means there's a lot of pictures taken, especially pictures that don't have anything in them because grass and trees move enough for the camera trap to go off. So this kind of helps the, um, the researchers narrow down their selections. Um, and also there's a beluga whale project. Woo! 
okay. So I just had to jump on here real quick. Um, so I went and looked at this project, and first of all, it's called Beluga Bits, which is just adorable. Especially when you know what it is, because it's very funny. It's true. Um, they want you to identify beluga whales Wait. and look at their parts oh and figure out if they're boys or girls. Oh How many are there? And look at the babies, and it's very oh cute. It's just the cutest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. But guys, oh okay, this is so cool. Um, I'm just freaking out because science is amazing and citizen science is crazy. Um, because of this project, they identified a new species of jellyfish. Whoa! What? Oh, I, I didn't know that. Thing. Was it just a bunch of people were like, what is that jellyfish? And, and they, they were all like, like exactly. Oh, no! Exactly! <laughs> it's a new oh, one. Wow. That's so That's hilarious. Cool. We love science. Okay, my beluga rant is done for now. I think it's a cool beluga rant, though. For now. You know, next week it'll be back. It's fine. Um, But yeah, so it's this has actually made an impact on the scientific community. And it's not just for biology. There are a lot of different categories. So if you are into history, art, languages, climate, medicine, literature, physics, or social sciences, or space... There are projects for all of those different things. If you're a history nut, you can actually go through and like look at different like museum specimens and like different art, like like art pieces and help catalog things for museums. It is one of the coolest uh, things because it's not just for citizen science, it's just for citizen engagement in in helping research. So it's like a citizen research almost. And also there's an app. Yeah. So the app does not have as many projects because they have to do extra formatting to make it an app style, uh, but it's really fun. It's kind of like Tinder, but with animals. <laughs> but you're not like swiping. Oh my god, there's one where you can classify manatee calls, and first of all, if you didn't know, manatees do make noise, which most people do not they know. They sure do. Second of all, it's like chirping, which is even cuter. Like what Izumi was doing? Because she mm-hmm. was... Not, not quite. It's quite. Like, like a bird chirp, but like a manatee version of that. Oh, okay. I was going to say, Zumi has been bird chirping mm-hmm. as well with her. It's really yes. cute. So anyway, if you want to listen to manatee chirps, go to Zooniverse, please. Yes. So uh, the app is really fun. The website is even more fun. There are more projects, again, on the website than there are on the app. But you can still definitely do all kinds of stuff. And here's the even better thing. A lot of these, um, like a lot of these projects, are running out of data because so many people have been helping, especially over quarantine. Again, a lot of people have been like, "Well, might as well look at some beluga bits." Yeah, yeah, right now you can't even yeah. sign up to participate in the project because so many people are on it. Which is that's, but that's an amazing <laughs> thing, right? Because that means that yeah. is so much data that has been collected sure and classified. So there's a lot of good ones. There is a kelp one for you, Emily, where you can look at. Guess what I always wanted. Where you can. More. <laughs> you can. Yeah, you can find uh, kelp in uh, satellite pictures. There's nest quest ones uh, for different birds. Seafloor oh, uh, Explorer is, in fact, um, on Zooniverse. There you go. So. That's going to be my challenge for everyone out there is to go look up Zooniverse uh, because it it's such an easy app to use. It's yes, easy to use and it's really, really fun. We love that. Make an account. Look at your data. Look at the data about you. 
Tyler, I don't know if you can hear this. Tyler yeah. is now calling back at Izumi. <laughs> making noises back at her. <laughs> Amazing. My husband, ladies and gentlemen. He's trying to sympathize. Very nice. All right, Katie, what you got? Well, that means it's it's my your turn. turn. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> um, I only have one project. Okay. <laughs> because my second one probably would have been Zooniverse. But... My first one. <gasps> is um, I love. If you don't love iNaturalist, so, are so, you so really much. a naturalist? Maybe. Um, maybe because you haven't heard of it yet, and I'm telling you now. So iNaturalist is an app. You download it on your phone, and it's super handy dandy. I use it all the time. I'm pretty sure we've spoken about it before, but not so much the citizen science part of it. Um, kind of the first part of the app is that it's an identifying app. So when you're out hiking or walking or just literally even uh, outside your front door and you see a weird bug and you're like, what the heck is that weird bug? You can take a photo of said bug and posts on the app and bam, it identifies it for you. Um, and if it can't figure out what it is just by the image, it'll post it and other people can be like, oh, that is, you know. I was going to say, I have uh, a sister app porch. called Seek that you don't even have to take a picture of it. You just scan yes. stuff and it tells you what it is. It's amazing. It told me my cat was a cat. Yes. Yes, that one is really good Backyard for like, stuff. Yeah, just like yeah. quick scan. Yeah, kind of wanting that instant. Just tell me what it is. But if you want to go a little deeper, that's where iNaturalist is a really great way to do that. Um, there is a projects tab on the app. And I think what's really great is that when you click on the projects tab, it searches for projects that are near your current location. So like that makes it like really close to home citizen science projects. So like, for example, where we live here in Florida, a lot of the projects that come up on iNaturalist are run by fish and wildlife services. Um, one is literally called quote unquote birds of Florida. Well, where it's literally like, hey, I see a photo. I see a bird. Take a photo. Um, and obviously it puts down your location when you saw the bird, where it was. And bam, helps uh, fish and wildlife tra- uh, track populations, which is great. There's another one, which is like the same premise, but for gopher tortoises. Um, and then you'll also see under the projects tab, like there's a lot by Fish and Wildlife Services and other, you know, conservation organizations but then there are some that are just like made by like you know random people on the app and i found one called lizards <laughs> i see in my backyard wow it's literally just like and the about was like here's where i just like keep a little like um tally of different lizards <laughs> i found in my backyard feel free to join me it was just like really i cute. love that so much um but then there are also some really cool things that I noticed was like looking on the app earlier um depending on where you are like let's say you go to a uh, like a hiking trail somewhere um that has like a nature center uh there's one here in Florida called Bach Tower um it's I haven't in been there Botanical yet. Gardens it's amazing and yeah I've okay. heard it's really nice and there is a Bach Tower EcoQuest um project so it's literally just when you are here visiting us at Bach Tower, like, please feel free to take photos of any, like, flora or fauna you see um, and identify it so that we can keep track of what species we have in our, like, area. Just, like, 
great because I like how they called it a quest because it's kind of like a fun little game you can play if you're visiting and um, you're also helping them out. So iNaturalist is a really great way to maybe find out some um, community projects. I've heard it described as Pokemon Go, but in real life. It is. That's literally, yeah, that's how I, I literally like freak out whenever i mean i freak out when i see a gopher tortoise because it's a gopher tortoise and they're the greatest one of the greatest animals ever but now i like double freak out because i'm like i gotta get it on my app and i do it feels like i'm trying to catch them with my pokeball <laughs> i'm like taking a picture of them i'm like thank you and then i leave <laughs> it's a great time for everyone involved but that's mine um whoopee get involved um another place you can check out if you are looking for different uh, sorts of projects is literally called uh, citizenscience.gov. We will put that on our website as well, but it just has lists of citizen science projects. You can participate. It sure does. And it's very nifty. Very. And that brings us all to our favorite part of the episode, the conservation conversation. We need to insert that. Noise. I, I was think it just fine with my mouse. It. That's fair. All right. All right. <laughs> so anyway, um, the moral of the story here is that anybody can be a scientist. You don't have to be um, someone who went to school and got a four-year degree in marine biology. Hem, Emily. Um, <laughs> you can be anybody. You can be a five-year-old in kindergarten. You could be a 99-year-old man. Anybody can do science. Um, and these projects make it very accessible for everyone. So that's awesome. And then the data that uh, is collected for citizen science is meaningful. Um, scientists, um, professional scientists who do do this for a living, um, use the data that is collected here to learn a lot about the natural world around us, not just um, conservation uh, related things, but very important biological information is collected from citizen science projects. So you are making a big difference. Um, Like uh, the Monarch project, um, that is very helpful because monarchs are endangered. So we need to know um, where are they going? How many are there, et cetera, because we don't want them to go extinct. I will be so sad if somebody tells me monarchs have gone extinct. I probably would, I would call out of work that day and take a sick day because I would not be able to handle it. It's true. So don't make Abby sad. You heard it here first. And take off for a lot yeah, go back and look at all that. my old pictures. Uh, and it's really great to, if you have any teachers listening. These are really great things you can do with your students. Uh, when I was a camp counselor, we mm-hmm. would go on Zooniverse all the time if there was a rain. It was too rainy outside to or like too dangerous to go outside from lightning. We would go on Zooniverse and just identify animals. So especially with like a lot of virtual stuff going on right now, this is a great thing you can show your students that they can help be involved, but also still be learning. Excellent. Um, And then that's pretty much it for today's episode. Um, As always, if you have uh, questions, comments, concerns, you can email us. You can post on our Facebook. You can send us an Instagram DM. We have a website. Please check it out. It's amazing. Abby worked very hard on it. I'm working on it Um, right now. We'll be posting the links to the citizen science projects that we talked about today. So if you would like to look at some beluga bits, you are more than welcome to um, get in line because apparently everybody wants to look at beluga bits right now, though. But go to Cedar Creek Wildlife. That's a cool uh, one. There you go. There's tons of projects, like we said. Um, so we will link those for you. Um, of course, you know, if you could rate us on iTunes and Spotify, that helps us and helps new people discover us. 
Um, we, we might be, that. you know, next week we might be the 99th nature podcast. That would be really cool. And that would be amazing. <laughs> um, we are so grateful for everybody who continues goal. to listen to us. Um, it really does mean a lot to us, especially when those of you who know us in real life come up to us and you're like, I listened to your episode. And you're like, oh my gosh. Wow. Amazing. It makes That's us feel like celebrities, cool. which is kind of a nice for our egos. So we appreciate that. It is nice. You know, we do love that. Um, but we really do appreciate each and every one of you who comes back every week and listens to us. Um, and that's really all we got this week. So thank you so much for joining us. Get out there and stay sustainable. Bye. Bye. <laughs>